Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. And thank you for all the amazing participation that went on in the last hour as we talked about forgiveness. That was a very strong hour. Thank you for being so vulnerable. I hope that you uh, got a lot out of that hour. And I want to thank Jeff and Tom for their their wisdom and, and their biblical knowledge and application of it. And I thought, how how fortunate, how divinely inspired is this, that my next guest now is Dr. Glenn Pickering, and we're going to talk today about four relationship tips. Glenn talks about being a second responder. We're going to discuss that today, and Glenn um, can be found at drglennpickering.com. Glenn's a regular guest, so I'll keep my introduction uh, light. Glenn, welcome. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me. So before we get into the tips, let's uh, talk about being a second responder. Great. Because it's so important to the tips. I think I talk a lot with people, and you know, a lot of the guys who are listening have heard me talk some about being what I call a second responder. And what I mean by that is this almost always, our first sort of knee jerk response to a situation, especially if it's a situation that has any conflict in it, like even a little, is a very human response. A godly response is very unlikely to be my knee-jerk on thinking response. If I want an actual godly response, I'm going to have to slow down for a second or two, listen for God's voice, mm. say that. So I have to be willing to kind of override what I call my first response, which is sort of our unthinking, knee-jerk, very human response, long enough for God and the Spirit to kind of give me a way more helpful way of handling that. And... um how can I say? Some people have heard me talk a lot about the game of tag. And I said here once a while back about how I used to think that there was just a little weird game that we played now and then. And I, But I've come to understand that's actually the default mode of all human interaction. When there's a conflict of some sort, if we're not thinking, we just start playing tag. We want to blame the other one. We don't want to be the bad one. We want to not be it. We literally just start doing it. And so unless I stop long enough to actually listen for God's guidance... That's what we do. We go on that first response where we always play tag. So I've come to understand this too. Like literally just today, it got more clear to me. And it's an overstatement, but I want to, so I'll claim that. But I think there's also truth to it. That everything we call sanctification is about becoming a better and better second responder. If you think about first we're justified, and then there's this beautiful process where we get molded more and more and more into the image of Christ. I think, right, but see, the image of Christ is not to be found in my first response. <laughs> Almost never. If I really want to be more and more godly, that means I get better and better at letting God put words on my heart before I speak. Mm-hmm. So, again, overstatement. But, but a lot of what we call sanctification, become a deeper, more mature, more loving, more serious Christian, is about getting better and better at being and coming what I call a second responder instead of just mindlessly going with our knee-jerk response. That is a important topic if we 
pause and pray and then proceed, we're going to be a much better second responder, aren't we? Oh, that's a beautiful way of saying that. I wish I'd have thought about that, but but thank you for saying it just like that. Mm, Well, it's three Ps in a row. Pause, pray, and proceed. I know, I love it. Yeah, but when you talk about being a second responder, I think we all need to be reminded that our first knee-jerk reaction is usually going to be something not constructive. Right. It's most likely going to have a destructive element to it. Yep, for sure, mm-hmm. and because it comes from that human place. Yeah. And I think a lot when James in the third chapter says, you know, the tongue is like a fire, and we use the same tongue that we use to praise God to curse those who are created in God's image. Mm-hmm. It's like, and he's just saying, this is literally crazy. It doesn't make any sense. How could those of you who love the Lord be disrespectful of the ones that the Lord created? It, it's like... You're being mean to his kids. <laughs> this is not good. Mm-hmm. But see, if we're a first responder, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Dr. Glenn Pickering is my guest. Glenn, say more about that doesn't make sense. Well, here's what doesn't make sense. If I really want to be a godly person, and you know, when people ask Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? I personally love that he cheats and gives them two. Um, but he says, you know, love your God with your whole heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, you should be in loving relationship with God and with other people in your life if you're living a godly life. Well, if I do my first knee-jerk reaction, which is to shut down or lash out or defend or blame somebody else, I am not living a right relationship with God or the children that he created. I'm literally at that moment in wrong relationship with those people. And, um, and therefore, I'm, I'm literally not living a godly life. I'm going against exactly what God would want me to do, which is why I need to slow down, listen, let the Spirit put the right words on my heart, and then speak those words if I really want to do what Christ said about loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Because my first knee-jerk thoughts are generally not loving. They're all about myself. Mm -hmm. So, Glenn, let's say an argument ensues. What's going on? Well, here's what I know about any argument between any two people. I know the exact number of people who are listening. Nobody. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. Zero. A nice round number. I also know the exact number of people who actually have a good point, which is two. So each person keeps trying to make their good point. They can tell that the other person's not listening, so they try and make their good point over again, Mm -hmm. which is a knee-jerk reaction. I get that. But then what happens is an argument happens, and and we literally get nowhere. I'm going to talk a little later in the show about taking what I call the gracious time out. But that's a perfect example of if we just go with our knee-jerk reaction, you didn't hear what I said, so I'm going to say it louder. Instead of realizing, oh, you know what, but I'm doing the same thing. You're making a good point, and I'm not listening. I could break this problem by just listening instead of saying my thing for the 14th time. (laughs) So that's two people carrying on. Parallel monologues. Yes, that's a beautiful way to say that. I mean, that. I'm, I not, love that. I'm not listening. I'm waiting for you to stop talking so, so I can start talking. I can go back and say the thing over again that yeah. I was saying, except more I don't wanna, forcefully. I don't right. want to hear your heart. I just want you to understand my point. Exactly. In other words, we want to receive from them what we are unwilling to give. So we want understanding from them, but we're not willing to be understanding. It's like, I can't. That's why Jesus said, why do you see the speck in your brother's eye? You don't see the log in your own eye. First, take the log out of your own eye. If I can tell that the other person's not listening to me, there's a 100% chance that I'm not listening to them. And if I really want to break that pattern, my first task is to quit doing my half, to see the log in my own eye and mm-hmm. think, I need to listen here. And I'm even going to say something like that out loud. If I see it happening, I'm going to say, oh, oh you know, I don't. I confess, I don't think I've been listening very well. Say it to me again, and I'll try and listen better this time. I'm just going to just claim that that's what happened. 
What about when you have a hard time suspending your history with a person? <laughs> and they start talking, and you right. know their history, so yep. you, you think to yourself, oh, here we go with another perspective that, I'm, that I've heard a hundred times. Right. Yep. I think two things about that, which we'll talk more about a little bit as we okay. go along, but, but I do think as soon as I have that thought, see, I'm not seeing them as a person. I'm just seeing them as this source of irritation to me. And so I'm not in the right relationship. It's just like when Jesus talked in Matthew 5, he said, you know, you think it's okay if you don't kill, but I tell you, if you have an angry thought towards your brother, you're in the wrong relationship right now because mm-hmm. you're not seeing them as a person. You're not supposed to have sex with somebody other than your wife, but if you look at a woman with a lust-filled heart, again, you're in the wrong relationship because you're not seeing her as a person. You're seeing her as like as a thing. Well, that's not what loving my neighbor as myself looks like. So we need to understand those sorts of thoughts, even though they do go through our mind, they're sort of our knee-jerk reaction, but that's a human reaction, not a godly reaction. And those kind of thoughts will always put me, always put me, in wrong relationship with the other person. Mm-hmm. So, Glenn, let me make sure I understand this correctly because I, I, I talked about four relationship tips. Yep. What are we calling tip number one? Okay, tip number one. Here's one thing I see a lot. If something happens or the other person says something and you think to yourself, that doesn't make any sense, that's when arguments often happen and people start getting caught up in who's right. So I want to talk to people about what a, what a really good, solid second response would look like when you have that thought. That doesn't make any sense. Here's what I know is 99% likely to be true. If the Spirit puts those words in my heart, I don't get it. I don't understand. This doesn't make sense to me. I need to understand those words are true. Now, if there's something that I don't understand, does it make more sense to keep talking or arguing, or would it make more sense to ask a question? If there's something I don't understand, what should I be doing? I should be asking a question. So, Let's say, for example, um, somebody comes home, they say to their partner, because, you know, the two of them had plans to go out with their friends that night, and the person comes home and says, hey, you know, are you all set to go see our friends? And the other one says, you know, I don't really want to go. Now, if we're not careful, then the first person will start getting one of those crazy arguments. We already arranged this. You said we we're going to go. We did the blah, blah, blah. Our friends will be so disappointed. But see, as soon as I hear myself saying any of those words, I need to understand the reason I'm saying out loud this doesn't make sense to me is because it doesn't. There's a piece of the puzzle that I clearly don't have because if I had all the pieces of the puzzle, it would make sense to me. Mm-hmm. So my first thing I do now when I get that feeling about this, this doesn't make sense, is I say, oh, how come? And then maybe the other person likely to say, well, I'm really kind of feeling sick today and I'm really not up to it. Or I had a way harder day at work than I thought and I just don't have the energy. Or I'm, I'm going to find out why they don't want to. And in that moment, I'm going to think, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And the argument stops and I quit thinking this doesn't make sense because now it actually does. Mm. So we could have gotten a really heated conversation, go nowhere, because I'm thinking this doesn't make any sense, and I'm going to prove to you that it doesn't make sense. But see, that's a crazy thought. I'm going to prove to you that what you said doesn't make sense. 
But if they walk in from work and say, I don't want to, I don't want to go out to this dinner with friends, the other person is going to feel very flooded and they're not going to have uh-huh. the clearest thinking at this exactly. point. Exactly, which is part of why that's that first response thing. If we're not careful, we will get flooded with thoughts and all of them will be unhelpful. Mm-hmm. This is why when you see that thing happen to me, if I'm being smart, which I'm getting up to the 82% mark now, so that's good, um, you'll see me stop, kind of look upwards and to the left where me and God are going to have a prayerful moment and then I'm going to come back in the room and say, oh, how, how come? What happened? Because I know there must be something that happened, and mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Yeah. So, Glenn, would you say tip number one is look for the missing piece of the puzzle? Yes, look for the missing piece. Anytime I'm in a conversation, I literally I hear those words go through my head. This does not make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I need to stop what I'm doing, ask a question. I like that. So, All right. Tip number one, if there's something happening that you don't get, ask a question. Nice. Dr. Glenn Pickering is my guest. You can learn more about Glenn at drglennpickering.com. That's Glenn with two N's. He's got this really cool webinar coming up on November 17th, all for free at 1 p.m. Central Time, and you can sign up to do that right at his website on drglennpickering.com. Be right back. Thanks so much for listening to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Hey, I'm Susie Larson. If you enjoy what you're finding here, consider subscribing to some of our other Faith Radio podcasts, like mine, for instance. You can search Susie Larson Live at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day. Try to see things my way. Do I have to keep on talking till I can go on? Hmm. Dr. Glenn Pickering is my guest in studio today. We're talking about four relationship tips. The first one was look for the missing piece of the puzzle. When you have that internal thought that says, well, this doesn't make sense. Right. So take the time to ask the good questions and look for that missing piece of the puzzle. It might be simpler than you think. All right, Glenn, let's move on. How about when you think, they're so judgmental. <laughs> I hear that one Did a lot. I say that in a good judgmental Perfect. way? Perfect. I love it. Oh, Thank good. you. You even wrinkled your face up. I did. I did. I, I, cr- I, I scrunched my forehead you when I said that. Put yourself in character. I yeah, like I it. Um, I had this really fun sort of experience the other day in a counseling session. Um, this one gal, she's married to a guy who has um, a little bit of autism maybe, and so he has some sort of, you know, let's just say, noise issues like a lot of us on the spectrum have. We get affected by noise in ways that other people necessarily don't. Um, and... They had watched a movie, and they came out of the movie, and she said, what did you think of the movie? And he said, um, God, the sound was so loud, it was kind of hard for me. And she said, you're always so critical. Everything you say is negative. You're so judgmental. The first words out of your mouth are always so judgmental. And I just started laughing and laughing myself. And she looked at me. I think maybe I actually heard her feelings for a second. And she said, why are you laughing? And I said... Because that was really judgmental. That was really critical. And the first words out of your mouth were negative. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so easy to be judgmental about people we think are judgmental. That's the easiest, isn't it? Oh, my goodness sakes. So um, it's important to understand if we look at somebody and we have that thought, you're so judgmental, you're so negative, you're so critical, we need to understand we are judging them. And, you know, when... Uh, Paul says in Romans 2, 
verse 1 about how, why do you judge your brother and sister when you yourself are doing the same things? I think, right, we all have very similar struggles in life one way or another. They show up in a little different form, but the struggles are a lot alike. And so if we criticize somebody for the struggles they're having, well, what are the odds that we either have or have had or will have some version of that same struggle at some point in our life? And so to stand in judgment of them for having that struggle, Paul is trying to say that doesn't really make any sense. It's kind of the crazy thinking like James was talking about. You know, this thought like somehow it's wrong that they have that struggle, except we all have that struggle. So I say to people, if you hear that thought going through your head, just like if you hear the thought going through your head, this doesn't make sense. It's important to remember, this is time to ask a question. If that thought goes through your head, they're so judgmental, or you see them as being so critical or so negative, it's important to remember this, that um, that we're called to, to judge not, Jesus says in Matthew 7, and Paul says in Romans 14 that, you know, why would you judge your brother or your sister? Why, why would you put a stumbling block in their path? It's just, it's not right. So we need then to do two things. First of all, we need to see the log in our own eye, just like Jesus always talks about. So if I can hear myself being judgmental about somebody else's judgmentalism, <laughs> I need to think, okay, Glenn, here's where we have to start. We first have to look at you're being judgmental. What do you need to do instead of having that judgmental thought that you're having right now? And I've come to understand, most people think the opposite of being judgmental is being silent, well, I just won't say that then, or tolerating that behavior in the other person. And I think, but see, silence and tolerance is not acceptance. It's just a silent way to still be judgmental in our head. And that's why I said a second ago when Jesus said, you know, you think you shall not kill, but I tell you, if you have an angry thought towards your brother in your heart, you guys are in the wrong relationship right now. You're already in a state of sin. So we need to understand that if we have a judgmental thought, but we just don't say it out loud, that somehow that makes us better. Or we just think, well, just put up with them then, like put up with their quote-unquote bad behavior. Well, see, that's still judgmental. The question is, what do I need to do to actually accept that person as they are? which is part of what James was trying to talk about in the third verse, too, about, you know, you use the same tongue they bless God with to, you know, curse out his children. Um, we need to understand, okay, those children are God's children. They're incredibly precious. They're really important. I need to feel that agape love that Jesus wants us to have for all other people. And what do I need to do to get myself focused on? This is a child of God. They're worthy of respect. I have agape, a deep personal caring for them as a person. And whatever I knew to get need to do to get my mind lined up, I need to do that before I ever talk to them about being judgmental. Glenn, what if instead of saying judgmental, I am just making an observation or I'm <laughs> using discernment right. and when I'm making a comment? I agree. Is there other ways to disguise it? I love that thought. So this we're going to go off on a little trail just for a second. The difference between judgment and discernment, and the Bible talks about both of them, when I'm judgmental, I'm judging somebody else. <laughs> oh, you shouldn't do that, or you're a bad person because you do that. Discernment means I'm supposed to be asking God, what's my best path? What's my best thing? What can I do here that's better? That, so when we're being a second responder, we're using discernment. We're letting God guide our decisions, which is all about wanting ourselves to be the best version of ourselves we can be. Judgment is always meaning I think I get to judge somebody else's life, and I don't have that right or that power. Mm-hmm. So people will say things based on frustration. Yep, absolutely. And, and I get that. <laughs> I mean, yep. here's a couple on a lovely date night, 
and they come out of the movie, and because of his place on the on the spectrum, right. he is bothered by certain noises. You know that because you're right. you're one yourself, correct? Right. And there'll so, be there'll be times then. Right. That, so, that so, would be your first observation. Right. So, and that is an observation for me. That's not judgmental, actually. So, if because I'm just saying that was hard for me. Yeah. Now, if Gwen looks at me and says you're so judgmental, that's not helpful. If she was actually accepting of me. When she heard me say that sound was hard, she would think, uh-huh, I believe you. Mm-hmm. Like, I get you. I, right. I accept, I get about you that you're more affected by sounds than others. So I totally get why that would happen for you. She doesn't have to agree. Right. She doesn't have to think it's the right way for me to be. Mm-hmm. But she sure doesn't have to fix me, judge me, or tell me I'm bad because none of those are helpful to me. Like, like I could somehow not be autistic anymore. <laughs> so, so if we work at acceptance... If I say, boy, that was just really loud, I don't need her to be quiet while she judges me or to think, well, I just have to put up with that and go on. I mm-hmm. need her to go all the way to love and acceptance and think, yeah, I totally get how that would be true for you. Like I literally accept, not tolerate, not silently judge. I literally accept. It makes perfect sense to me that that would be true for you. Yeah, Glenn, might she ever say, Something leaving the movie like, sweetie, I was concerned that might have been too loud for you. Absolutely, because if there really is acceptance, she's probably thinking that already. And then I get to just say, yeah, that part was hard. Mm-hmm. And that's probably all I'm going to say about that, because that's all I need to say about it. Mm-hmm. So go back to the couple that we're talking about. The you always com- You're always complaining. That's the uh-huh. first thing. Right. There's got to be something underneath those floorboards. Yes, that's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah. Like, see, well, I was raised in a very codependent family, so I get this. In codependent families, we get it exactly backwards. We're taught that our lives don't matter, there are no consequence, but somehow we have the right to judge and fix everybody else's life. And I think from a biblical perspective, it's so backwards. The Bible is really clear. We are given the power to run our life with freedom in Christ in the way that we really believe is best, and we have no power over what anybody else does. That's so true. So codependent people get it totally backwards. So um, if the... Person comes out and says, you shouldn't be like that, you blah, blah, blah. We are so negative. A, it's not loving, it's not accepting. And, and it's getting it backwards. It's like she thinks it's her job to make him different. And I think, no, it's not. It's our job to be the best person we can be, to be in that process of sanctification I've talked about where we're consistently trying to be a better and better version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Do people change? Yes, in fact. Um, Almost always when I talk to people about that, there's a light that goes on in their head because they think not being judgmental means keep the thoughts myself or just tolerate it. And somewhere in there, they know that's not the right answer. So they think that's what I'm telling them and they react against that. But when they really stop and think, no, I have the option just lovingly thinking, yeah, I get that about you. It changes us. Hmm. Dr. Glenn Pickering is my guest. We're going to take a little break and come back to continue to talk about four relationship tips and you were going to try to make you better at being a second responder (laughs) sometimes you hear that word that phrase that doesn't make sense and what you have to do is look for that missing piece of the puzzle or if you're thinking they're so judgmental the opposite of judgment is not silence or tolerance it's acceptance and God's agape love you can learn more about Glenn at drglennpickering.com that's Glenn with two N's Also on November 17th at 1 p.m. Central, Glenn has a free webinar 
I think it's about 50 minutes long. Yeah, it's going to be called Seven Ways to Transform Your Relationship, basically. Seven logical steps I've learned that people, anybody can use to improve whatever relationship they're in. Right, we'll take a short break and be right back. Thanks. Dr. Glenn Pickering, and as always, there's lots of good stuff in this hour. If you just jumped in your car, welcome to the show. You have missed a whole bunch of good stuff today. You're going to want to go to the beginning of this hour to hear it from the start. We're talking about four relationship tips, and we're going to help you become a better second responder, because your first response usually isn't great, but your second response, after you've had a chance to pause and pray, is usually going to produce a better better, uh, answer. So... Uh, we started with when you think that doesn't make sense, and then we moved to when you think you're so judgmental. <laughs> now we're going to start on the fourth tip, and this cycle starts when we think, oh, here we go again. Right. When we get in conversations that are going badly, the way our conversations always go badly, um, like maybe one of us gets loud or one of us shuts down or we start arguing about things. So whatever your old way is, because we all have whatever your old way is, it's different, but all of us can feel like, oh, we're having one of those conversations again, whatever that means for you. If you're paying attention, this you're going to notice this thought is very likely to be going through your head. Something like, oh, crap, here we go again. Or more, more likely, here they go again. Because like, sometimes we can only see what the other person is doing wrong. Um, that keep us from having the right kind of conversation. So it's important to remember this. Just like if I look at somebody else and think you're so judgmental, I'm being judgmental. If I look at the other person, I think, oh, here they go again. See, I'm actually doing that same thing. Just like when I look at the other person and think, oh, here they go again. Like this is just what they always do. But see, having that thought, oh, here we go again, is what I always do. It's like that's my contribution to keeping that old pattern going. So... If I see that old pattern happening, instead of sort of sinking into hopelessness, which is what actually happens when I tell myself something like, oh, here we go again. It's a really hopeless thought. Like, now we're going to have one of those conversations again. It's like, well, see, you don't actually have to. We can use our freedom in Christ to respond differently. And I always think, like, if I have that thought that doesn't make sense, the right thing to do is to ask a question. If I have the thought, oh, here we go again, the right thing to do is to make an observation. Now, Here's what I mean by that. Not an observation about the topic, whether you're talking about money, kids, sex, politics, doesn't matter. It's not about making a comment about that or an observation. It's about making an observation about the process. So me and Gwen say, if we ever feel like we're getting pulled into one of our old conversations, whoever notices it will just say, this feels like our old way. Or we feel off. Mm. Or just something. In other words, we're not talking about the content. We're just noticing, making an observation about the process. We seem to be doing this our old way or we seem to be off track, or we seem disconnected. In other words, so we're not talking about that topic that got us wired up in the first place. We're just making an observation about the process. And notice, observation means about us. See, judgment would be, see how you're doing your things the old way? Well, that is the old way. <laughs> to be judgmental of one another in the middle of that conversation is the old way. 
if I actually want to break that pattern and I see it happening, I feel like, oh, we're sliding into our old way or here we go again. It's important to just say like that. Like I could say like this feels like our old way. Or if you're feeling like you're getting tagged and be made to feel like the bad one, you can just say, I'm starting to feel like I'm it. Or, and this is a really powerful one, or you could just make the observation, hey, I can feel myself thinking, oh, here we go again. And I'm wondering, how could we do this differently? Any of those observations will literally stop that old conversation in the tracks, which gives us a chance then to have a very different kind of conversation. I'm even wondering if you have enough awareness in a conversation to say, oh, oh my, am I starting to sound like the old me? Right. Yeah, that's a great way to say that. This is the way I was used to handle it. Because if we're really serious about sanctification, about that process of growing more and more and more in Christ, then we can look back and sort of see how we handled conflict in the old way, how mm-hmm. we dealt with relationships in the old way, how we would have dealt with having to apologize in the old way. And if I can feel myself like, oh, that's how I would have done that four years ago. That's how I would have done it, you know, Tuesday (laughs) or whatever. Mm -hmm. To just notice, oh, this feels very familiar to me. It's really important to understand if we're having a conversation in a way that feels very familiar to us, what we're familiar with is probably our old way. That's why it's so familiar to us. So I like that, Glenn. You're able to say and make an observation and hopefully that doesn't feel threatening in the moment. Right. Hopefully it feels like a reminder. I right. think we I think we're doing this our old way. Right. See, I right. I just want you to notice. Are you blaming? Way, are you are you blaming the other person? Exactly. Notice, see, if I say this feels like our old way, I'm not blaming them or me. Right. I'm our, noticing our me and way. you are doing yes. it our old way. Or if I say this feels old to me, or I'm wondering how we could do this differently. Or maybe we just need to stop and think this differently. I mean, I just want to, I always want to make sure that the word we is either in that sentence or clearly implied in that sentence. Because the old way is to play tag and blame the other one for everything, which is how this bad conversation probably got started in the first place. Mm-hmm. So if I say, well, see how you're doing it the old way? I'm not stopping the game of tag. I'm contributing to the game. That's a really interesting point. Maybe you would elaborate on that more okay. because you say this is, the repetitive thought we have when you say, oh, here we go again. Right. And that is contributing to the the hopelessness of that pattern, right? right? At which point I've sort of given up and I'm going to let that pattern sort of on, sort of go now as it's going. Yeah. Instead of doing something to sort of stop that pattern in the middle where I just say, this feels old to me, or I think we're doing it old way, or we need to think about it a different way. But if this crops up and you're hungry or angry or tired, this is going <laughs> right. to make it all a lot more challenging. Yep. I um, I think to myself all the time, all of us who are raised to be codependent, like I was saying I was, we think Jesus said we're supposed to love God as ourselves and love our, and love, or love God with our whole heart and love our neighbors instead of ourselves. And I think, no, it said love our neighbor as ourselves, which means we need to take good care of us because if I'm not taking good care of me, I can't do any of these things. I can't slow down. I can't hear God's voice. I can't ask a question. I'm not going to make an observation. Mm-hmm. In my tiredness, I'm just going to go with my old way. And my old way has very predictable results. Mm-hmm. How many people that come in for counseling have a problem with self-care? You know, honestly, it's shocking to me how many of us, especially how many of us Christians, really think there's something wrong with taking good care of ourselves. Mm. Like, like somehow that's selfish. And, um, 
and they think, well, if I'm taking care of myself, then I'm not taking care of somebody else, and that's selfish. But see, that's all based on the assumption that I either can take care of me or I can take care of you, one or the other. Therefore, if I'm taking care of me, I'm not taking care of you, and that's selfish. But here's the role model Jesus shows us so clearly over and over and over again. Virtually every story that had Jesus in it ends the same way, which is he leaves. He goes to a lonely place to pray, or him and the disciples mm-hmm. go to a small lonely village and they're quiet, or him and the disciples and the women in trouble with him taking care of them go off someplace so the women can take care of them. Like, you know, it's like, the, it's like hey, I, I'm quiet long enough to get filled up with God's love, then I go to something amazing. Then I come back and I get filled up with God's love, and then I go out and do something amazing. It's like, it's so clear in the Bible, there's always this back and forthness to it. So, what Jesus' role model teaches us is we're not supposed to think, well, I can either take care of me or I can take care of you, one or the author. We're supposed to understand, unless I take care of me, I can't take care of you either. So it's not one or the other. I will either do both of them or neither of them. If I don't take care of me, I don't take care of you either. But take good care of myself, I can also then take care of you. So it's not either or. I will either do both of them or neither of them. And Jesus' role models this like in every single story in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, we get that messed up. Yeah. You you took away my, my next question, Glenn. Oh, darn. Which was, if you take care of yourself, you'll be much more able to take care of someone else. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right, just like in the so airplane, you, they tell you, you know, right. you're going to put the oxygen mask on, put yours on first, and then it's so you actually else. stay alive, and right. then you can help somebody else. Right. So... That's an interesting topic, though, because uh, self-care, you know, especially as a believer, you right. do have this thought in your head, I have to serve others, take right. care of others. Absolutely. I'm, I'm only meaning, my life is meaningful if I'm only taking care of others. But And, and there's truth to that. I, mean, I get that. The things that do give us the most meaning in life are where we care for others. But it's like my saying, well, my car should run really well even if I don't put gas in it. It's like, no, eventually it will just stop altogether. doesn't matter how nice a car it is. Eventually, if you don't take care of it, it just stops running. And it's the same with us. If we don't do the things that take care of us, then we kind of stop running and we get irritable and short and impatient and we're not helping anybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. My unquiet my time self is not helpful to anybody. So if you are in a cycle and it starts over where you think to yourself, here we go again. Yep. Uh, just remember that repetitive thought is contributing to the situation. Right. And I need, as soon as I hear myself say anything remotely like that, I need to think, I need to make a comment about the, pro, an observation about the process. I think we're doing it the old way. I think we should take a break. I think maybe we got caught up in an old pattern. Mm-hmm. I wonder how we could do this thing differently. Any of those are better than letting that, than that conversation continue to roll out the way mm-hmm. it's rolling out. Glenn, it also sounds like there's a, a, a line in the sand that got drawn because there was the old way of doing things, and right. now there's a new way. Right. And there's a distinction between the two that you can refer back to. Right, exactly. When Jesus so said, what happens? Well, when Jesus said we become, we become a new creation in Christ, I think that's right. And, um, and I just think there's supposed to be this process happening. Like even when Paul talks to the people in Philippians in, verse, in chapter 1, verse 19, he says, I know you love one another. That's great. Do it more. Abound more and more in love and the knowledge and all discernment. In other words, I like where you are, but don't stop there. And I just think that's supposed to be our, like, literally foundational calling to keep growing more and more and more into the image of Christ. And no matter where we are, we can keep doing that more and more and more. So 
we should be able to look back at any given time in our life and think, oh, we used to do things that way. Mm-hmm. And now because we've been learning and we're maturing and God has shown us some things we need to work on, now we do it this way. Yeah. And if I'm serious about my faith, then there will always be areas in my life where that's true. So how does defensiveness factor into all this? Well, see, oftentimes when we feel that thought about, oh, crud, now we're doing it, here we go again, then we get all defensive. Now, and here's the problem with that. We're supposed to be in right relationship with God and one another. In other words, my focus is supposed to be on the relationship. But as soon as I get defensive, I'm only thinking about one person, and it's not you. I'm only thinking about myself, protecting myself, explaining myself, defending myself, which means Mm -hmm. I am not mindful of the relationship. I'm only trying to be right myself, which means I am being hurtful to the relationship, which in God's eyes are the only things that matter. So we need to understand, as soon as we get defensive or think we have to explain things or rationalize or get people to agree with us, we are thinking only about ourselves and not about the relationship. And that will hurt the relationship, always. Mm Mm-hmm. Dr. Glenn Pickering is my guest. You can go to his website to learn more about Glenn and his counseling and seminars. And he's even got a webinar coming up on November 17th at 1 p.m. Central Time. And it's a 50-minute webinar. It's for free. You can sign up for it at drglennpickering.com. Again, that's drglennpickering.com. And because this is Pastor Appreciation Month, and Glenn, you pastored for a while. Yep. So I want to say thank you. Oh, thank you. That's thank nice. Thank you for being an amazing pastor and all the time you spent preparing for uh, each Sunday and loving your flock and feeding your flock. You did an amazing thing. And God called you to do that. And we just want to let you know that that's amazing. And we love you for it and thank you for it. Well, that's so sweet. I appreciate that. And yeah. sometimes people say, well, Glenn, how do you feel having left the ministry? And I think... I left the ministry? No. <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> no, you didn't leave the ministry. But if you have a pastor that you have a heart for and you would love them to get an appreciation from us at Faith Radio, you go to myfaithradio.com and just fill it out and we'll uh, we'll get in touch. We'll send a nice card and a, a gift card for a cup of coffee and all that. You can do that at myfaithradio.com. And if you haven't gotten the Faith Radio app, I think it's a good idea to check it out. You know, if you don't like it, you can dump it off your phone, but... Give it a try because you're going to love how easy it is and how accessible it is to the show and how easy it is to get the programs that you missed. You can get that in your uh, your Apple Store or your, your Google Play Store. All right, we'll take a short break and be right back with Dr. Glenn Pickering. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Always glad when Dr. Glenn Pickering makes time to come over to the studio He's got an office right here in the Twin Cities area, but he drives all the way to Roseville to be on the show because <laughs> he's busy with clients, clients like Amy. So it's always a uh, thrill to have you here, Glenn. And we're talking today about relationship tips. We were talking about four. We're down to th- uh, our last one. Yep. And so when the adrenaline kicks in, yes. there's always problems. Yes. I know this. As soon as the relationship or the conversation gets heated, back to that thing we you were talking about at the beginning about arguments, so the argument starts. 
I said, you know, when two people are arguing, we know the exact number of people who are listening, which is nobody. But we also know the exact number of people who have a good point, which is two. And that's why they have an argument, because they make the good point. They can tell the other person that was listening, so they make their point again. Now, so, and lots of people tell couples, well, you need to take a time out then. But they don't teach them to do what I call taking a gracious time out, so it's not really helpful. So I want, I want to walk all of you listeners through. Here's what you do when the conversation gets a little heated, and you can feel that's um, kind of getting a little louder, a little more intense, and um, you can feel that adrenaline kicking in. Now, I'm going to talk to you about adrenaline just for a minute. There's a fascinating study now a couple of years ago that showed that when we have adrenaline flowing through our system, the blood flow to our prefrontal cortex pretty much stops. And since that's the part of our brain that does what we would call thinking, that means once we get wired up in a conversation, we're not thinking. Now, here's the problem. So often, even when that adrenaline kicks in and we're not thinking, our lips keep moving. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which means we are literally saying things that are thoughtless, like literally without thought. Well, what are the odds that we're now standing exactly what James talked about in the third chapter where the tongue becomes a fire because that's what thoughtless words do. So we need to understand when the adrenaline kicks in, we're literally not thinking in our normal sort of way and our lips are going to say things that later on we think, oh, crud, why did I say that? What was I thinking? And the answer is you weren't. That's why those words came out of your lips. That's why you started fire, just like James talks about. So it's important then that any two people who are in a relationship, that they come up with some version of this. And if, you want to, if you're in a place where you can take notes, that'll be super. One, whoever notices that that's happening, that the adrenaline has kind of kicked in, it's gotten a little louder, needs to say, I think we should probably take a break. And I want you to say that word for word to the extent that you're able to. I think we should probably take a break. I want you to notice, we <laughs> should probably take a break. And the second person needs to say, thank you for noticing and stop talking immediately. We are so tempted when the adrenaline is running through our system, we have all those thoughtless words running in the back of our head, to think, oh, let me just finish this sentence, or just finish making this point, let me finish this paragraph. And it's really important to understand that's an understandable idea and a really, really bad idea. Because mm. those words will not add to the conversation. So I always had this goofy picture in my head, like, you know, if I'm the engineer on a train and the train jumps off the track, and I think to myself, well, if I just drive it for another mile, I'm sure I'll fix this thing. Well, guess what? A mile from now, you're about three-quarters of a mile away from the track. It's going to be really, really, really hard to get that thing back on track. Or you can stop at the instant it jumps the track, which doesn't fix the situation, but it makes it way more fixable when it's time to actually fix it. <laughs> so it at least stops the damage right where you are. So as soon as it gets a little loud, whoever notices it has to say something like, I think we should take a break. And the other person has to say, thanks for noticing, not argue, not disagree, not say, well, I don't feel like that. doesn't matter. If one of us feels like that in the relationship and the conversation is getting heated, we're both going to be in that place very, very quickly. So even if I'm not there right now, 10 seconds from now, I probably will be. So Mm -hmm. it's important to just say, thanks for noticing and stop talking, like like literally in that second. Now, and then that's where you take a break. But here's the point of the break. There's two things that people don't get. One, you're taking a break, first of all, to let the adrenaline wear out. Because remember, we don't think when the adrenaline is going through our brain. So if we get stay all charged up and all wired up and then we come back to the conversation, we're just going to have the same dumb conversation we're having before this. I have to do something that, for me, helps the adrenaline to wear off. Now, and it's going to be different for different people. For me, I'm, I need to take some prayer time and let God remind me how precious is going is to me. 
Gwen has ADHD. She likes to walk around and use her energy out that way. Some people are going to go to some simple task that just takes their mind off of it. It doesn't matter. Whatever works for you to get to the back of the place where, as Jesus talked about, the guy in the cemetery with the back in your right mind, literally, where your brain has come back online. That's great. Whatever that takes for you, it's important to do it. And as soon as you've done that, as soon as you can actually just take a deep breath, you need to think to yourself, okay, what was that person trying to tell me? Because here's what people do wrong. They go off by themselves, they take a break, but they keep getting themselves wired up, which means they're still not thinking. And the only thing they're wired up about is they're just practicing how they could say the thing they were saying better. So you've said your point 14 times, and you're practicing how you could say it a 15th time, being pretty sure this time it's going to work. This is, this is the definition of insanity, right? <laughs> do it the same way, I think it's going to be different. So we have to use that break for two things, to let the adrenaline wear off and to come back thinking, I need to be ready to summarize what the other person was saying to me. And at that moment, see, now we're not arguing because, remember, we argue because both people have a good point nobody's listening. If I come back and I can summarize Gwen's point and she can do that for me, well, see, we're not arguing anymore. We actually have an understanding, like, oh, oh, that's what you meant. Okay, now I get it. So I need to let the adrenaline wear off. I need to come back ready to summarize what the other person has said. Now, it's important to remember this. We come back as soon as both people are ready. And I want to underline two words. As soon as, so when I'm talking about tomorrow, there's a reason why it says in Ephesians 4, not to let the sun go down on our anger. We're not talking about going away for three days and coming back and pretending nothing happened. We're talking about taking a break just long enough to let the adrenaline wear off. Now, it might be four minutes and it might be 11, but it's not an hour and a half. So, it's, so we have to come back as soon as we're ready, but we both have to be ready. So Gwen and I are likely to say, are you ready? Whichever one of us is. And the other one has to be honest. If you are, that's great. But if you're still a little wound up inside, it's really important to say, no, not yet. Because if you don't tell the truth, we're just going to go back and have that same conversation over again. So as soon as both people are ready and both parts of that sentence are important, then we need to come back ready to summarize what the other person says. Um, and we, which... We each need to start off just acknowledging, hey, I'm sorry for whatever my part of that was because everything's 50-50, of course, so we don't come back blaming. I come back understanding I was part of that, and I want to understand what you said. So it's my job, if I'm the leader of the house, to say to start off by saying, hey, I'm sorry for everything I contributed to that bad conversation. I think you're just trying to say this. And then Gwen's going to either tell me, yep, that's right, or she's going to tweak up my understanding so I get it, but now I get it. She's going to do the same thing for me, and then we're going to figure out what to do. Because two people who, under, who don't have adrenaline, whose brains are working, who understand each other, are going to be able to come up with a win-win solution, honest to goodness, in about a minute and a half. Well, that's really true, isn't it? Yeah. You just got to get the adrenaline out of the system. Right. Once you get flooded, your brain isn't working. Honestly, it's just isn't. It's not supposed to be working. No. and It's, it's supposed to be uh, centralized for all of your... Uh, energy to be in your legs so you could right. run, run from the bear. Right, because we think we're in that, you know, fight or flight thing. So we're getting ready to fight or to run like crazy. So yeah, right. yeah, we don't need a my cortex to be working. No, you can't <laughs> so do thinking and rationale. Right. So so to think I'm going to have a loving conversation with you while I'm flooded with adrenaline. It's not going to happen. It's, it is literally a crazy thought. It doesn't make any sense. My tongue will turn into a fire instantly and boy, everything is burned down all around me. That's not a pretty sight. Yeah. So we need to understand. And, and it's it's, yep. such a, it's such a good point, Glenn, to say, I think we should probably take a break. Right. And then the response is, thank you for noticing. Right. And then nothing. Right. Because. Right there. How many times have you heard this? Like, you know, I probably shouldn't be saying this right now because I'm so mad. But. And but, then they say it. Right. Exactly. Except some part of your best self knows this is a really bad idea. 
But then they might say, but, you know, when I get this mad, you're getting the real honest, raw truth. And I think, no, you're getting the icky, ugly thoughts that have floated around in the back of your head since you were five years old. Mm, Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. Those thoughts can come out of my lips without thinking because I don't have to think to have those thoughts running in the back of my head. And I like the idea of looking for a win-win answer. Yeah. We come back. We understand each other. We figure out what to do. All right, let's just review quickly the four tips that we talked Great. about today for the people that just joined us late. We've only got a minute left. Can you do this uh, in a minute? Yeah, great. So, number one, if you're in a conversation and you look at the other person and think, that doesn't make any sense, that's your job to understand, there's something you don't get, and you need to ask a question. If you look at the other person and think, you're so judgmental, you need to understand, that's a judgmental thought. <laughs> and you need to look at that person mm-hmm. with love and acceptance. That will shift the conversation. If you're in one of those old conversations and you think, oh, here we go again, you need to make an observation, like I think we're doing it our old way, or this is, I wonder how we could do it differently. We don't have to do anything, just make an observation, not about the content, about the process of the way in which we're talking to each other. And finally, when the adrenaline kicks in, then we need to take a gracious time out. We stop, we let the adrenaline wear off, we focus on what the other person was saying instead of on ourselves, and then we come back to that conversation. Mm, such good stuff. Dr. Glenn Pickering has been my guest. You can go to his website to learn more about Glenn. He's got some books and Seminars and webinars, it's all there for you to look over. It's drglennpickering.com. He also has an event coming up online on November 17th, so it doesn't matter where you live or what part of the world you live in. You can check it out by signing up for his webinar on November 17th. It's at 1 p.m. Central Time, and you can do that by going to drglennpickering.com. Glenn, thanks again <laughs> thanks. for spending time with me, and thank you for Joining me as well today, I've loved spending time with you, and I hope you've had a great day. And if you missed any of the show, uh, really was a great show today. Guy Talk was talking about forgiveness, and if you are owed an apology, and you're probably never going to get it, and your heart is troubled with that, I think if you go and listen to Guy Talk, you will be definitely blessed by that hour. And in this hour with Dr. Glenn Pickering, we talked about the four relationship tips he just explained so well And you're going to want to hear all of this if you missed any of it. So have a great night, everyone. I'm looking forward to being with you tomorrow. And as you lay your head on the pillow, just know that God is working out his great plan in your life. And he loves you. I do too. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.